0: It is T. Watts and T.R. on the YouTube and podcast, homesforbamaonline.com. Travis Reyer, senior analyst alongside site publisher, Tim Watts. Tim, I'm fresh off the morning walk, so I feel rejuvenated. I've got the energy. I've got the juice today. What about you? You ready to do this again?
1: Now I'm ready to do it, but there's no been no walking just yet. <laughs> so I like it better when it's cold, though. So we're getting more of my range. I don't <laughs> really... The, the heated walks, the hot walks, they're not really for me.
0: Not for you. Yeah, it's getting to be, you know, more of a true fall feel outside. And, you know, when it's fall outside, of course, we, we feel like football even more than we typically do. And, boy, this Alabama team, Tim, continues to improve with an emphasis on Jalen Milroe and that offense. Just, I think, multiple areas, too, that you can look at with that offense when you talk about the improvement. We saw it once again in the 49-21 win over kentucky just your thoughts coming out of that latest trip up to the commonwealth yeah i mean when you look at the questions we had going
1: into the season the offensive line the drops from the wide receivers were a major question uh jaylen milrow obviously the quarterback situation we didn't know much about we just hadn't seen it small sample size and to see them click i mean they come out in kentucky give you the perfect drive you want to open that game right you know, ended up uh, converting a couple of third down plays that they had to have. Jalen did a great job twice. Uh, play calling was good. And then, to you know, to find guys wide open, I mean, to have that time, the offensive line's giving him that time. Jalen's more comfortable in that pocket, more comfortable running the ball as well. Um, and it's not like they he's designed – it's not a designed run as much as it's an opportunist, opportunistic run. I mean, he sees those guys dropping back seven or eight because they're trying not to give up the deep pass. But if you you know you got a good offensive line, you know, opening some holes, which I thought they did a great job of in the second half. I thought the offensive line was just dominant in the second half. I mean, yeah. they were just able to come out and establish that run, which is what you want with the big lead. So um, faced a little adversity. So saw the defense put with their back against the wall a few times, had a breakdown, but again how you don't love this team and the attitude they give you and they never get down and they pick each other up. Kool-Aid's fumble, for instance, Shaylin's interception, they're there picking them up saying, don't worry about it. You never see them hang their head. And then after that, of course, you know, Kool-Aid came back, had a really nice punt return and a clean fair catch for the first time in a while. So, you know, maybe you're worried about fumbling so much that when you fumble, you just get it out of the way and you're back to normal.
0: So, Kind of like shooting a basketball, right? We made that analogy before. You go 0 for 10 from 3, you got to keep taking your shot. and Eventually, they go in, and even if it's a layup or a free throw, uh, it can help get you back on track. But you said it. This offense now has reached a point where it feels like if the defense does give something up, or special teams has a rare letdown, uh, it can answer the bell. We saw that early in the second half. You talk about Milrose running early, sort of impacting defenses as the game moves along because he hits those runs. Then you get those linebackers coming up and then you get Roydell Mm -hmm. slipping behind the linebackers and Jalen keeps his eyes up, dumps it over the top. You get good downfield blocking again, areas of this offense that continue to improve perimeter blocking, tight end blocking, uh, the offensive line coming along continuously, as we talked about. Uh, but then you you come back in the third quarter. Kentucky cuts it to 14 at 28-14 yeah, coming out of the half. The defense, a yeah. couple of mistakes on that Kentucky possession. But, uh, boy, there goes the offense right again, right down the field again in third downs, man. Third They're down clutch. for this offense the last two games. 18 of 25 they've converted. And it was 18. another big one in the second half that really helped put that game away at 35-14.
1: Yeah, I think that the thing, the one of the things you love about this team is the fourth down defense, fourth and short. They're really good. And the offense on third down and extending plays. And like you said, they they gave them a chance, gave twice they felt they were in the game, and Alabama had answer drives, which was important, obviously. Um, but again, I mean, the defense was fantastic. It, that was a legit Kentucky drive. They had one really good drive, I felt. Um, it was, it was very nice. And then they had the long run, but other than that, they gave up like 250 yards combined. And that includes that what was that 70 something yard run. They gave up late 76 in the fourth. Yeah, quarter. it was a, yeah. it was a dude. That was a gash. I mean, they, they were hovering under 200 that crossed 200 and uh, 250 range. And then that one drive, but other than that, they were really good, good defense and smart plays, getting them off the field, getting the offense back on the field. The offense was really clicking. So Really complete and clean game. You didn't see a whole lot to win the SEC. And you have to always wonder, I mean, trap game, you know, you you worry about that trap game, right? You know, and hey, and I'm one to after Arkansas, I'm one that's also got my hey, let's get them going early kind of vibe to me. But they 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 did exactly what you probably wanted them to do.
0: Yeah, and Kentucky football crowds like they go into a game like that wanting to believe, but not totally believing. Yeah. So the earlier you can go ahead and kind of like Mississippi State, too, when you go to Starkville and Alabama did that there, too, got out to the 14 to nothing lead at MSU. Same thing. Um, 21 nothing at at Kentucky. So uh, that's what you like to do against fan bases that will show up. You know, they, they'll show up and pack the stadium. A lot of that has to do with it being Alabama's in town. Uh, but the earlier you can sort of discourage and kind of reaffirm the deep belief for these fans that, you know, we probably really don't have a chance in this game.
1: Yeah, they seem to be exiting pretty soon after halftime. And when they, they were, I don't remember what point in the third quarter I saw the wide-angle shot, and I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> a up, lot of has, blue, and it wasn't up, shirts. Some of us are enjoying this beautiful day outside the stadium now, so – uh, good job of keeping them quiet, you know, and I still think Kentucky's a good, solid team. Um, obviously, all their losses have been to pretty good teams, I believe, but um, I, you want to go in there, you want to handle your business, you want to get to Chattanooga, you know, you want to get win that SEC, get that behind Jesse C. West. And, again, you know, it, it shocked me yesterday. I guess it was Saturday, and I think Dr. Stash said on the board, it was the last SEC West champion. I mean, it kind of hit me like, what the like, what the hell? Doing like, away with the divisions, yeah, yeah, like it's crazy, but it was cool. Jimmy pointed out, you pointed out, it was Alabama on the first one and the last one, which is kind of something you know you can carry on uh, the rest of the time. But it's just here, weird to hear the SEC West
0: is no more. Yeah, doing away with the divisions and you know one of the I'm sure unintended or unexpected luxuries to come from that game at Lexington that you hope to certainly carry over to this week was you got to play a lot of guys. I mean, the fourth quarter was pretty much twos and threes for Alabama out there on both sides of the ball. You've got an FCS opponent coming to Tuscaloosa this weekend. I'm sure as you get into the second half of this game, and I know Nick Saban won't like us talking like this, Tim, Mm -hmm. but a continuation of that, playing young guys uh, and and sort of the benefit of being able to do that. I, I would say more so these days, For the immediate future, in case you have some injuries here down the stretch, you're at least getting some guys some opportunities. I say more so the immediate future because before the transfer portal, Tim, games like this was an opportunity for young players to put good stuff on tape in terms of their evaluation by their coaching staff that they're playing for right now. Some of these guys, if we're being honest, are trying to put good stuff on tape. For when that portal window opens hey, portal, in a few yeah. weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, that could possibly be Ty Simpson. You know, he's a guy that a lot of people have talked about possibly hitting the portal. Um, I think that is on the table to some degree. I haven't talked to anybody in the Simpson circle, but he put some good plays on tape for him and good for him. He, he had some nice plays and he's made, he's had some moments this year. You know, he's had some moments this year, but obviously Jalen took that job and that he's not giving that up anytime soon. I mean, he's, you know, his progression, you know, it's weird for me this Saturday, you saw three of the best performances in history. You saw the Missouri kid go Gonzo against Tennessee. You saw Jalen Daniels go banana, bananas at night. But Jalen Milrow, three touchdowns rushing, three touchdowns passing, everything he's been, um, everything he's done this year. You go from game one to this game, and it's been amazing what you what you've seen him do. And you know what? There's still a lot of meat on the bone for him to get better. He's going to get better. You know, we're seeing that. You know, he's get a little bit by little bit. He's well, I'm not even sure it's little bit by little bit. Some of it's big chunks. <laughs> you know, when wasn't long ago he couldn't throw the the intermediate, the medium passes, and now he's able to do that. You know, just throwing the deep ball wouldn't run. Now he's running. So um pretty exciting team. And again, props to the offensive line, because I, you know, we, you know, Jalen gets all a lot of the credit and he should. He's been great, but that offensive line has also improved. I mean, we went from, you know, a lot of questions early on, establishing the run, protecting the quarterback. And I do think Jalen helps the offensive line. He, he knows his pocket better now. Um, but I think working together, they did a really good job because I know Wolf early on, Coach Wolford, probably was under a little bit of question, you know, can he do, you know, what kind of offensive lines is he putting together? But he's putting together a pretty good one.
0: Yeah, you saw earlier in the season, Jalen at the top of his drop, really wasn't helping his tackles a lot. He would squat or go out the back, sort of fade out of the pocket. Now you're seeing him take that little bit of a hop, that little bit of a step or two up into the pocket. That really opens up not only his vision, but the opportunity to impact linebackers and safeties because now this guy has the potential to break the run game as, as an extender. And so... Now that he's doing that, it's just adding to the stress that opposing defenses are feeling uh, when they're in those situations. And I think we've discussed this before. Your
1: natural instinct isn't to step into, you know, the mosh pit. So I get why Jalen was leaking out or you know, you know, not wanting to go back in there because it's not really nature. It's trying to get out of the crowd because he's stepping into five offensive linemen and four defensive guys at least coming. So that's a ten-man scrum. So I got it, but once he did step in that pocket, you know and that's what we always said about Mac Jones is his athleticism didn't matter because in the in the in the in the uh, pocket he was a maestro. You know he was a you know he was a Justin Timberlake and a Michael Jackson. He was just taking little mini steps and keeping people and creating that space. And Jalen's really learned to do that. And, you know one of the things like you mentioned earlier, go back to the uh, the backs leaking out of the backfield. There's quite a connection though. That play to Roy Dell was that the third touchdown I believe with the. Uh, Caught him out of the backfield, scrambled, looked like he was going to run, took it down the sideline, was getting great blocking to seal that sideline. So the whole play there. So those backs are are, are having a pretty good time coming out of there, you know, getting out, leaking out of that backfield and finding the, some open space. And they're troubling that open space.
0: Yeah, you're starting to see some connectivity yeah. with Jalen in the backs and even maybe the tight ends. And, again, play design has been really good too, variety from Tommy Reese has been really good threatening the end, the uh, perimeter with the run game is either the backs or maybe Kendrick law on some quick stuff. And then yeah. you do that, you fake that, then you open up the middle of the field for CJ Dupree to hit him down the scene. That's, you know, that's a play. They didn't hit at Texas A&M. That, that was, was an interception mm-hmm. against Texas A&M and in Kentucky about a month or so later uh, it goes for a big play. So Tim, when you think about what's coming up now for Alabama, all due respect to UTC, a solid FCS team, but road trip to Auburn. You have said here on this program that of the games that were sort of left from Tennessee, LSU, you were maybe more concerned about Auburn, that trip to Auburn specifically. I thought that would
1: be the toughest, not just on the field, but the lead up to it. The, you know, cause now, you know, Auburn's going to be at an all time high, you know, the, well, it happens every three to four years. They get the new coach and that they are like behind him. And Hugh Freeze has obviously did a much better job than last year. I mean, they're they've been competitive and won football games. So you got a very loud fan base, you got a very excited fan base. It's in the state. I think just off the field is going to be as much as getting mentally prepared and going down there and having to do that, especially you've already got the SEC West. I don't think this team, I think this team knows it's a pretty much a, it's a talented blue collar team, I think. I think they know they got to fight every play. I don't think you have to tell them. Um, I don't expect them to be hyper focused against Chattanooga. You know, I mean, I think there's just a certain amount of letdown, but I think they'll go in and handle their business and then get to Auburn. Um, Alabama's the more talented team than Auburn, obviously. But you know, we got guys on our board that swear it's a, it's a, it's a graveyard. It's a hoodoo graveyard, voodoo down there. So
0: um, I'm excited for the game to actually, actually have a little
1: people excited to see
0: it. Yeah, you know, this team can do something that no other Nick Saban, Alabama team has done, too, and that is get a fourth straight win over the Auburn Tigers for Nick Saban. they not won fourth straight in this series, so there is something out there. I don't know if they'll even be aware of that, but again, you talk about the issues Alabama's had at Auburn. We'll get more into this next week, but then you think about the success Alabama's had against Georgia uh, under Nick Saban in Atlanta or Athens, the state of Georgia. In general, uh, you got any early thoughts? Way too early thoughts on that okay. SEC championship game? You know, it's,
1: I probably haven't. I think I've taken on the game by game <laughs> in a lot of ways. I'm just like, I'm excited that the last, you know, basically the last East-West. Just trying game, to breathe right now. You know, yeah. I mean, you may, it's been a rough, I mean, it's been, I've, I'll be honest, I've loved this team. I've loved this team. I've loved the ups and downs. I even in the South Florida was loved the fact the defense played so hard. I found positives in it. I love the attitude of this team. I love how hard they work and they and they seem to get along great. Um, but Georgia, I mean, I'm excited to play Georgia. I think everybody is. Georgia's a good team, obviously, when all those games. Everybody, you know, I was not. I talked to our buddy Rusty Mazell at the Georgia site and told him I didn't think there was a prayer Ole Miss could beat Georgia. The crowd mm-hmm. was into it, they were. You know, they felt some urgency and they absolutely, you know, after you get off Lane's 20 scripted plays, you know, that's that's when it's coaching. Cause Lane's 20 plays are good. He's really good. Lane's up seven, nothing. I think in every game he's ever played. You know, starts the same way. So just those offensive guys, uh, you know, hypels that way. They can, you know, they can dial them up early. They're scripted, they're ready to go. But uh George is obviously a really good team, maybe not as good in the past defensively, but maybe better offensively
0: to some degree. Um, More diverse, I think, yeah, offensively. Yeah, 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 Kind of. I mean, there's, there's They're some... not just phone booth football on offense right now. They've added some playmakers on the outside to go along with Lad McConkey. So, yeah. I think they're. I think they're in in some ways tougher to defend. I don't know if their run game is consistent. Not, yeah,
1: not like he. Not as much in the past.
0: I think Carson Beck. Uh, there's really n- not none of a drop-off for where Alabama's concerned anyway. Yeah. I thought Alabama against Tetson Bennett played great. I mean, you look at his yeah. three starts against Alabama. He went one he and did. two, and he needed every bit of that fourth quarter against a debilitated Alabama team in Indianapolis to get over the hump. So uh Beck is, I think, a legit thrower. What we don't know yet because of Georgia's schedule, I think, is – how well can he perform if he's consistently under pressure? Yeah, that's always and get, that's, that's what I think Alabama can do to him if Georgia can't run the football consistently. I tell you, one of the things you look at—if you look at three years ago, probably—and you—you were there to
1: tell me three years ago that Jalen Milroe and Carson Beck and um, even Jaden Daniels were going to be the three best quarterbacks in the SEC, I'd have had words with you. I mean, you did not see this coming. Carson Beck, a statesman, quiet. Turned into a really good football player. Jaden Daniels, he's like he's Knight like and dabbing. Mean, he was always a good player, but he's a, he's a Heisman winner, in my opinion. I don't know if there's a better college football no. player this year at all. He's definitely the best. And Jalen Milrow, unbelievable. So you're seeing a lot of quarterback play and rise up in the SEC when a lot of people always said this wasn't much of a quarterback league, but you're kind of seeing maybe it is. Yeah, it, it's a guy that it, knows things.
0: It, I think it turned out to be a good year in the league. I don't think a lot of people saw Graham Mertz of Florida being as good as he has been. Uh, Spencer Rattler has quietly had a really good year. He's on a bad team. Yeah, he is. Uh, KJ Jefferson at Arkansas. It's been a rough year, obviously, for the Hogs. But um, Jackson Dart uh, at Ole Miss. Good player, yeah. Good players, good quarterback. Cook at Missouri has had a great year. Yeah. Yeah, it was a
1: – I've enjoyed the college football season because there's been so many – it's been so wide open in a lot of ways. I mean, I don't I don't agree with the committee. I don't understand the committee. I think I don't get – I mean, to me, I'm just a simple guy. The four best are the four best. I don't really care about a whole lot of other stuff. Um, But, I mean, to see the rankings and them justified, it's kind of frustrating to see. And, I mean, it gives me – Great relief knowing this is going to be fixed, you know, with 12 teams next year. I'll be honest, I just breezed through the fact this was actually happening. It was like I did that with the NIL. It's like sure, whatever. And then you know, bam. Yeah, I'm sure it's gonna happen. I'm making then I look up and it's here. So I think I've got to adjust to that 12 team schedule as well. The playoffs, but I would be a if this was 12 this year, I'd be I'd be super excited, be
0: super excited to see this 12. And that makes it the perfect transition though into 12 because really in most years I think it's been a clear four that need to be in the yeah. playoff. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Maybe five like last year Alabama there at the end you kind of wondered with TCU losing in the Big 12 championship game sure. uh it didn't happen because Alabama had two losses. Um uh, but most years it feels like four has been plenty, but it, it, it could be the, the case this year where four isn't isn't enough and then you get twelve next year and and everything.
1: The segue is gonna be good, you know. Yeah I, I just don't want to lose all the I love football and I don't want to lose the non conference games because it can hurt you. Bama I loved I was excited for Bama, Texas. Yeah. I was excited for FSU LSU, you know, I was excited for those games. Um, I'd hate to lose all of those because, you know, the conference is getting tricky and you want to, you know, you got to wobble into the playoffs, you know, you got to work your way in there. So.
0: Yeah, you do. And it is a grind already. And then you start throwing in conference championship games, like the SEC game. Uh, It's a lot at at the college level, no doubt about it. Well, Tim, uh, on the college basketball front, I guess Nate Oates' team is just going to score a hundred points. Every time out, they've done it in both of their games so far this season. Most recently, a 22-point win over the Sycamores of Indiana State last Friday night at Coleman Coliseum. Going to welcome in a South Alabama team tonight that dropped its opener to an NAIA program in Crosstown Mobile, but went on the road and actually won at Nate Oates's previous employer, the University of Buffalo, so college basketball team pretty small world as you know firsthand but what are your thoughts on this team through two games and looking ahead as as the state start to ramp up in the non-con in the next week or so
1: I mean you look at the transfer guys I mean Estrada and Nelson they're as good as you'd hope they'd be Estrada's way better than I thought I thought he was going to be good but this guy's lights out you know he's getting you know he's contributing assists and rebounds he's defensively getting steals I mean he's just an active guy him and Sears are are very much a really good duo in the back. I mean, I know there's now I've seen the questions about their defense. I trust the Nate Oates team to play defense at the end of the day. But when you're playing, you're playing such a deep roster, you're not going to always get your best defense. Also, you've got young guys, even the portal guys are coming to a different level of basketball. You got young guys contributing. So I still think they're kind of working in there. And it's a good thing they've got some uh you know they got some games they can win early on and work on some things. You said South Alabama Mercer's coming up, but after that, I mean, it's you start getting into the Power Fives pretty quickly. You got uh, Ohio State, Clemson, and then you've got that run with Purdue, Creighton, uh, Creighton, and Arizona, and uh, that's gonna that's gonna be a little three man, <laughs> that's gonna be a little three game top ten uh, run you got coming up. So you're gonna be able to tell a lot about your team then. And uh, the thing with basketball you know like the people that don't really watch basketball you're playing for the end you're not playing for the beginning so you're trying to figure out every step you're trying to figure out you know just like the the lost the 2 preseason games or the scrimmages or whatever you're playing from that to get to this part of the season then you want to see what you've got in the ncaa tournament setting and really you're playing three top 10 teams that's you're in the final eight (laughs) that's a final eight tournament so you know you're playing those three in a row basically and um, then you want to get to the SEC tournament, the NCAA. You don't want to be on your hottest streak. And we kind of saw this with Bama before a couple of years ago, when their best team was in December. You want to see your best team in March. You want to see your best team at that point. So a lot of working parts, and I enjoy watching the process. But it might be frustrating at times. But we said that last year, where we had some early, you know, some early question marks, and then they just took off and put on a run. But I do think this team will defend better. Um, and I do think they can score. I think they're a problem from that aspect.
0: Yeah, I guess you could say, at least right now, Estrada, Nelson, and Sears would constitute a big three if this team yeah. had one, especially on the offensive end, yeah. and they performed that way against Indiana State last time out. So uh, absolutely, though, defensively, you, you know that's where Nate's going to continue to harp. I think, as he has said more than anything, it probably has to do with newcomers or younger players and coming at understanding that it's not high school anymore where you could go out and score 30 and rest on the defensive end. You know, that's not going to work for Nate Oates in terms of his rotation and his minutes. And you also made a good point too, about how that stretch, especially like Creighton, Purdue, Arizona, that almost does have a tournament feel to it from Absolutely. game to game. And not only because of the quality of the opposition, but because a couple of those games are on neutral site fours too, which yeah. is what you're going to encounter uh, in March with the Purdue game in Toronto and Arizona's going to be in Phoenix. That's going to be a home game. Uh, I mean, I, I, Arizona coming off to uh, an impressive road win at Duke. Uh, yeah. Great win. Yeah. Great win for them. So
1: I like the fact it's kind of like, you know, you know, easy games, Mid level games, really tough games. And then you go back to a couple games before you get into the SEC that you should win, trying to give the Phillies a chance to get their uh their feet under them, you know, get them broke in, get them lathered up, get them in that SEC and ready to play. Um, but I'm excited. I love the way NATO's recruits. I love the way energy they bring and I love the way they put it together. But the foot but basketball team very well can mirror this football team. You know, I mean, there was a lot of we're gonna lose four or five games early in the year after South Florida, there was a lot of that. Hey, there was, I mean, and I'm not saying it was unfounded after the South Florida game. Um, You had to have concerns, but there was a lot, but to see it go from there, you know, to, to one loss with two games left in the season, SEC West. And I think you can see that with the, uh, um, you know, possibly with the basketball team as they gel together, because there is, like you said, there's a progression. If you look at a guy, Malik Benson, Malik Benson's a guy that, early on, didn't block very well. He's blocking better, so he's seeing more time. He's seeing more catches. There's adjustment from junior college, from the transfer portal, and certainly from high school, certainly from high school. I mean, you're going from blocking me and you coming off the edge to blocking, you know, James Pierce. You know, Proctor went from – Caden Proctor went from blocking me and
0: you on a blitz. Travis,
1: bandit, bandit.
0: You know, and then all of a sudden we've got uh, – Teddy McGillicuddy last year on the high school level. And now Pierce.
1: Pierce coming off the edge at 6'4", 245, you know, running a legit four six. So there's an adjustment period. But you know, you the, when you got talent, that talent's usually going to show up. But experience—I said this about Jalen Milrow early—caught some flack. But there's nothing more important than experience for a quarterback. There's nothing more. You don't. You don't. That. What's that cliche? You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Well, that's a quarterback. When you when you go. From uh, high school football to, to college, you don't know, you didn't know. Well, now you know.
0: Yeah, I think something could help ha- help Alabama uh, also from a pass pro perspective coming up and understanding Auburn and Georgia both have talented players on defense, but with both those defenses, at least I haven't seen a true game wrecker type on the edge. You know, good good players and certainly capable of giving Alabama problems, but I'm talking about guys that can just wreck yeah. the game uh, in terms of a pass rush. So, Hey, uh, Tim also wanted to ask you about as we ship back to football real quick, this, uh, college football coaching carousel, man, mm-hmm. uh, didn't take long to get going. I know the transfer portal sort of plays into this and now you got guys that are able to make the jump into the portal, uh, the window opening up in the not too distant future, I guess, coinciding almost with the early signing date. A lot to take into consideration now with Jimbo Fisher out at Texas A&M, with Zach Arnett out at Mississippi State. And, again, it just has the feel of we're just getting started here. Yeah, that scares me.
1: I was like, I had my old man moment on Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. I like lit a cigar, went on the back porch and was like, I remember when we had peace until the Sunday after the SEC championship game, right? Then heads started rolling. You know, coaches were fired. All your coach buddies are calling you, asking what you're hearing. The jockeying began. We're not even at Thanksgiving. We barely missed Halloween, and we got two SEC coaches down. Man down, man down. We got two down.
0: And Vultures over another one in Fayetteville. Yes, you know, yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's, you know, that sucks. I'll be honest. That sucks because Pittman, Sam Pittman was a great story, right? You know, he was a great story. He's like, Six, seventh, eight choice, whatever you come by. Every, I've everybody loves the guy, and had some success. And then to see, I mean, I was shocked by this. I was shocked by he beat Florida. Then <laughs> I was shocked he got blown out at home against Arkansas. But I was shocked he couldn't even move the ball the week before the uh, Florida game. So I mean, obviously, I think there's there, there's a chance something's coming, which is a shame. Um, but hey, you're getting three, you're getting three, four, five years, you know, behind your success and. Obviously, the Aggies opening up, you know, not only are they opening, but the Aggies is massive. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's massive. I mean, that's along the lines of, you know, that's about as big a name as you're going to get. That's going to probably leave this year. And then you throw in the $76 million buyout. buyout. Even Zach Arnett had a four point five billion dollar million million buyout. Yeah, which is
0: which is really low. I mean, that's almost nothing these days, but it's still big. money. Yeah, that's still.
1: I mean, he got eleven games. Yeah. You know, somebody, yeah, somebody try me for that, you know. But <laughs> you got Jimbo's gonna rock the world. It's curious what everything's happening. You're already getting Mike Norvell, you're already getting Dan Lanning saying no to offers they probably don't have yet. And um, I'm curious to see what they do as well. I mean, it's a lot uh, of these
0: guys though, and saying no are getting their money up one way or the other. They're getting oh, yeah. it up where they're at, or they're gonna get it somewhere else. Yeah, and, I'm curious uh, to
1: see what the what Texas AM does. But again, I mean, you had you knew this was coming. Remember, we talked about this when the boosters go all in on the NIL, which they did. He can be mad at Nick Saban or whoever he wants, they had a great, unbelievable class, and a lot of it was NIL aided. Yep. And um, but when you when you give boosters give money, when you say, Hey Tim, I need hundred thousand to sign Travis Ryder. Well, year two, I'm going, why is Travis Ryder not playing? I paid a hundred thousand for this joker. Get him. You know, you start, you start getting into daddy ball, some version. So, you know, you get, ain't nothing going to make a rich man matter, giving money and not seeing that return. So,
0: and the um, thing you got to understand too, if they've got that money to give to the collective, to help you recruit, they got that money to buy you out too.
1: Oh yeah. And I mean, this price, I mean, I I think I saw somebody say he's going to be $150 million. To, to fire go, him and hire a new coach. Yeah. I'm not even sure that's accurate because that's only given 75 million for the next coach.
0: They're yeah. gonna be adding
1: buyouts. Gonna if if buyout.
0: they hire Elko, maybe they can keep it around there. Yeah. You know, but I looked dude, up, Dan Lanning's, got a, Dan Lanning's got a $20 million buyout, you know, yeah, and also with
1: Lanning, and I don't, I don't know Dan Lanning. I know his reputation. I'm a fan, but why would I leave? I mean, there's a lot of smoke about Lincoln Riley leaving for the NFL. Why would I leave Phil Knight, Oregon? chance to dominate a league other than I want to be super competitive and he'd have to go against Saban and Kirby and
0: about to go in the big 10 though. Yeah. Like I'll make it a little different, but, uh, yeah, he's got his, he's got his own deal. Speaking uh, of coaching
1: carousels, we got Jim Harbaugh in the, in the big 10 over there. Hiding. Yeah. I can't watch watching. I watched that Michigan game off and on. I just was waiting for one of the assistant coaches to grab his phone. No, and Jim's probably following
0: it. Uh, they, they, had, they had the Bluetooth yeah. on. You yeah, that was just... They had the AirPods uh, in and were uh, probably... I mean, crazy year. Yeah. Back
1: to the... uh We haven't really talked about this. What is your Heisman thoughts? You have Heisman thoughts yet? Well,
0: I'm with you. I mean, it's Jaden Daniels for me. I
1: don't want to know. discredit Bo Nix, who I think has been fantastic. Yeah,
0: but dude, but dude is like 37 years old. And I know Daniels has been around too, but... But Gene- I, I, I'm probably skewed by I've already seen Bo Nix in the yeah. SEC. So I know what he would still he said- probably be doing in the SEC. Although it blows my mind when I see some of these first round mocks and I see Bo Nix as a first round quarterback. I, I guess I need to go back. I talk about revisiting Alabama from earlier in the season. Maybe the committee needs to. I maybe saw- I need to do that with Bo Nix. I did watch some of the game against SC. And to me, it was it it was it was good, Bo Nix, but top five pick
1: in the NFL wow. draft. I think part of that's going to go well. First of all, you can't. I saw a mock draft, Jake Fromm's last year where he was the number one pick. I know. They number thing. Pick. Yeah, where, the number one overall pick. Yeah. In
0: what world is Bo Nix a top five pick? Give me Spencer Rattler as a pro well, I think over Bo Nix right now.
1: Think you're going old school NFL draft where Brett Favre mm. would go second, you know, he didn't go second, but a guy like that would go second based on potential. Now everything's just moved up, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I didn't I see don't, Anthony Richardson going top five, I knew how talented he was, I didn't think he had the tape, knew he was a just a unicorn type. Yeah, yeah, that's to me with Daniels. It's talented. like I have one of my oldest friends I've known since uh elementary school, who's an LSU fan. And he was saying, I'm loving this LSU offense. And I'm like. You you that. loving Jaden Daniels?
0: Brian Kelly didn't call a run to
1: the left for 85 yards. That ain't
0: Brian went, Kelly's offense that's, at all. That's,
1: that's That kid is that. No offense to Brian Kelly. That kid is just. And no. they folded up with a 52-yard banger. See,
0: I've seen Jaden Daniels do it in the Pac-12 when he was at Arizona State. And Arizona State upset. I never
1: saw them this good.
0: Upset. Well, the game against Oregon a few years back. I remember that one. And yeah, Tempe. A, yeah, that
1: was a uh, game. Against
0: Justin Herbert. And they, they knocked off the, the Ducks. I've seen him do it. But I've seen him do it in the SEC now for two years.
1: So where does Milrow fall in the Heisman? A couple of
0: big stages coming up. And these you voters, the good thing for Jalen is most, if not all, of these voters now do not submit their vote until after the conference championship game. So – I don't think he can get to the top, but you know, he's a lot of people, top. you know, he's you know. oh, I think yeah. he is. Yeah, but I, for sure. a lot of people in 2012 didn't see Johnny Manziel winning That's the straight. Heisman about a week or two in November. And then AM went to Tuscaloosa and he did his thing. And then mm-hmm. a month later, he's picking up the trophy. So maybe there is enough time for Jalen Milro to get there. Maybe the get, stages that are left are big enough.
1: I don't think he can get to New York. I think you're going to have a heavy West Coast bow next, and he's been good. I want you to give a deeper dive when you get a chance. He's—I know he's
0: been good, but top five in the draft. I don't know about the
1: draft. I'm talking the Heisman. You might be. I agree with the draft, but we're talking. That's uh, fine. Trubetsky went number two over, you know, Deshaun Watson, and I mean you go through the history.
0: I I know Blake Bortles to the Jags, Blaine Gabbert. You know. I'm not even
1: sure Josh Allen should have went six to nine. Side. I'm, and by I'm, the way,
0: I'm sorry for that uh, Jalen Milrow comp I made with Josh Allen a couple yes, weeks ago. You know, I, I shorted. I shorted Jalen. Yeah, you
1: know that's the worst. That's the <laughs> most egregious <laughs> insult he's had all year. Surprisingly enough, that's the worst. Oh gosh, <laughs> I'll nasty. never do it again,
0: Jalen. But Oof. to
1: me, Jalen is really doing a lot of things for next year because I mean, I'm, we're going to get a lot of questions, but. This kind of performance, I think he's a top 10 Heisman candidate. I think he can move up in the top five or six range with a couple more big games. Um, unfortunately, his three and three came at 11 a.m. against Kentucky, you know, on a yeah. kind of quiet, kind of quiet Saturday. But then again, you're in the top five, top five or 10, and coming back, you know, where you're going to start the year. And it's important to have those eyes on you. Heading into that season,
0: I just, I struggle to, I struggle to assign legitimacy to Oregon in general. That's, that's my, my issue. It's not just a Bo Nix thing because the last time I really, really, really thought that maybe that program could compete consistently with the likes of the SEC, I saw Georgia put a 60 bomb on them Mm -hmm. in Atlanta. And I was like, okay. And that was with Bo Nix. And I know that was, very oh, yeah. early Look, in his stay there. Oregon but I was has, like, I'm good on Oregon for a long time now.
1: Oregon has Lucy does. You know how Lucy that Charlie Brown episode yeah. where they put that football down and you think you're And it's kick helped
0: it. Alabama in the past that they've done it. You know? Yeah. I'm not even sure how good Washington
1: is. You know, the, the the I think
0: they're losing Saturday. They're losing Saturday at Oregon State. And I think Jonathan Smith, the coach at Oregon State, is a guy that doesn't get talked about enough when these when these ms and these hey, jobs come. Over. Coach
1: yeah, I agree with you. Another one's doing a great job as Arizona's coach. We talked about this earlier in the year. Ted fish, that, yeah. Dude, that guy is doing a really good job. You're seeing that. Elko's another one. I mean, there's been – there's mm-hmm. a lot of good college football coaches. I mean, it's curious to see who's going to get pulled to the NFL. Again, Lincoln Riley, I've heard that. I mean, I've, I've heard it every year. But this year, it's like legitimate legs, like ready to go to the NFL. And if he's ever going to make that leap, isn't this a pretty good year to, to do it? I would you think win, so. You got Caleb Williams, you know, you know, yeah. number one pick in the draft Heisman winner and um, you, you know, you lose him. Can you really replicate that? You know what I mean? So.
0: Yeah, for sure. Hey, let's get into the mailbag, Tim, uh, as we move along here and check in with our trusty subscribers to dot com right there on the round table with us. Our guy, Tuscaloosa, he went off and we appreciate it though. He's always yeah. a lot of fun. He's a little needy, but we love him. Tuscaloosa 10 times. I'm going to post in the in the show thread, the show thread, the show thread. We love it. <laughs> hey, uh, he gets things going with a fire pit pro tip because I did ask the question in the, uh, the original post here in the thread. Are you, Tim Watts, a fireplace slash fire pit person? Are you a fan of the fireplace uh, and or the fire pit, especially this time of year?
1: I don't know. I'm an odd guy. I'll smoke a cigar, but the fire pit, fireplace smoke bothers me. Okay.
0: All right. So I, am, I
1: do. Well, I'm okay with the fire pit as long as my wife and son set it up, do everything, and I'll sit by it. I, I am, really don't get off anything else on
0: it. I'm a fire pit fan. I've got one of those solo stoves out on the back porch, and you nice. might like those because they burn cleaner. They really limit the smoke. Um, you, you might actually like those, but Tuscaloosa says fire pit pro tip, cheap whiskey mixed with diet, orange drink. You're welcome. Mm, that How sounds that a great. a fire tip pro tip? That
1: sounds like a definite. What <laughs> it's you a saying? fire
0: pit tip, cheap whiskey mixed with diet, orange drink. Eey. Oh, so you're drinking it around the fire pit. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I don't mind a, a cocktail cheap uh, or whiskey. some wine. Why would the cheap whiskey? I need a little cocktail? gentleman, Jack and, and uh, ginger. Maybe I'm not burning the sun
1: kiss, which he whiskey. All right. yeah. that's all I'm diet saying. Orange drink. My yeah. dad's obviously got a girl. Cause he's talking about some diet orange drink. Well, and you know, Tuscaloosa. there's a lot of
0: folks out there. That, what, what do you need the, the diet orange drink for? Save the Coke for the kids. Drink the whiskey on ice. Actually, I'm know. more likely
1: to drink the orange drink than the whiskey.
0: But. <laughs> <laughs> Tuscaloosa also wants to know, Tim Watts, <laughs> is this the greatest Alabama basketball team of all time? Two and oh, of course, uh, time to go ahead and. And designated as such, right?
1: I've got final four tickets. That's all I'm ready to go. I'm ready Ready to go. I'm feeling it. I'm
0: feeling it. Tuscaloosa. Thoughts on LSU's women getting blown out in their first game of the season. That was Colorado. Hey Tuscaloosa, that just goes to show you all the parody that we hear isn't a part of the women's game. Seeing more and more of it, more and more of it in women's college basketball.
1: I don't follow women's sports at all, but I did find it
0: shocking that LSU got blown out. And there was another Connecticut lost. Connecticut, so Connecticut lost on the road at NC State. So, again, parity. Parity in the women's game. And, of course, Tuscaloosa. Why do people
1: say drop the goal? He's not the only one to say that. They, just... they,
0: they think it would make the game more, more friendly. I don't know. But if they if they lower the goal, then people like Tuscaloosa would be able to play. So, you know, they want to keep My point is, ball. if
1: I grow up from 0 to 18 to 21 – or at zero to 18. Well, I guess the goals would have to be lowered at every
0: level. <laughs> well, you this know, they do fine. that like in the, in the para ball in the youth ball, they start. Yeah. Oh yeah. But out. they were also
1: four. My kids played that.
0: Yeah. It's still hard to get it up there. Yeah. They the still, they need to play.
1: lower that to six.
0: Tuscaloosa. Are we anticipating Ty Simpson transferring at the end of the season? He's got some serious talent. Does he have the patience to wait for a turn? Does he have to have patience in this era of college football, Tim? I mean, yeah. you know, if I can go somewhere else in a top 25 program and perhaps walk in and start, why do I need to be patient, right? Yeah. I mean, I think – I mean, when it's not know. Alabama. I get that part. I but I'm just heard kind of th- thinking – Go ahead. Yeah. I'm
1: sorry. I haven't heard anything definite that he is, but I think there's, that's a possibility like we discussed earlier. I mean, you got Jalen coming back. You got Julian saying coming in. You know what I mean? You got two freshmen that we don't even talk about. I'm not sure how you've went weeks without mentioning. That's how good Jalen Milrow is. You haven't even mentioned Dylan in weeks. Dylan Lonergan, Man. he's probably upset with you. You're like supposed to be uh, – It's, still, it's we still, dealing.
0: We still think, it's dealing.
1: We still think he's going to have a bright future here. So I can see the appeal of uh, going and. Having a second chance and all that, but I mean, you know, you with quarterbacks, you come in, you battle, you win, you start,
0: you know, you you don't win two the years job. In, it's not a one-year thing that Ty Simpson. I mean, would we've be seen we've seen on. crazy
1: situations. Years. We've the craziest was Jalen Hurts staying. Mm-hmm. We've seen these situations. Alabama has that, but I would expect Ty is least entertaining those thoughts. And if I had to bet, I would think that probably he
0: does end up looking in the portals don't get to franchise tag players in college football, at least not yet, anyway.
1: Not yet, it's coming.
0: Uh, Tuscaloosa, I read that Carson Beck wasn't contacted by a single Ole Miss defender the entire game last Saturday night. Is UGA's OL that good? Beck seems to be quietly working himself into first-round draft conversations. I think Beck is really good, and I think especially like most quarterbacks when he can stand in there, and deliver without the threat of a consistent pass rush. So I think Georgia got Amarius Mims back, one of its tackles and a legit first-round talent in his own right. So uh, that was helpful. Uh, Brock Bowers was back for Ole Miss coming off that ankle injury. So, yeah, Tim, I don't think this is going to be a a sort of uh, patchwork Georgia offense from an injury perspective by the time it sees Alabama in a couple weeks. No, I think that that was
1: the whole get Brock ready
0: and having, you know, again, kudos to
1: any of these guys getting that surgery and playing in a few weeks and, you know, trying to get that rust off and get that flexibility. And also you got to trust that injury. So, obviously playing for the long haul. Um, Ole Miss defensive line is not as good as Alabama's, obviously. Their defense isn't as good. Georgia ran the ball uh, much better, and I think they anticipated running. I was talking to some of the Georgia guys before the game and they said they've struggled running the ball, but they had a lot of consistency. And like any team, Bama and Georgia, any good team, if you're able to run the ball, you're opening up a world for your quarterbacks, especially when you got guys like tight ends. Georgia has good tight ends. You know, Brock, you know, Brock Bowers maybe the, you know, one of the best we've ever seen. Bama has good tight ends. CJ Dupree, when he gets the ball, you know, he's really in trouble. Amari Noblack's good. So you're opening up a world for them on top of your wide receiver. So Alabama's defense is probably always going to start with limit the run. But I will say Beck's not – I mean, when you faced LSU, you faced the most problematic offense you're going to see anywhere in the country this year. That is by far the most difficult. LSU can't say it enough. They had good tackles. They had a phenom quarterback, and Alabama's lost to that quarterback before. In fact, they lost to him last year. But you've seen that Johnny Manziel, De- Deshaun Watson performance, and they had great wide receivers. So that was a very complete offense for uh, for LSU. So once you've seen that, you know you don't, you know you're not going to have to spy Carson Beck, for instance. You know you're just playing your, you know your base, you're, you know you're just playing your base defense. So yeah, Georgia's a good football team with
0: a good offensive line. They are, and again, they've added some. Rah Thomas from Mississippi State, Dom Lovett from Missouri to that wide receiver core. Uh, really good wide receiver screen, screen to the outside quick game team too. So that helps in terms of keeping Beck clean um, and you know do some things with those guys too. And like the reverse game, you'll see Lad McConkey about once a game on one of those reverses. So uh, they do some different things to help Beck out. Bon Jovi de Jesus checking in here, Tim. He says, I asked a question earlier this year, and you answered third or fourth round, but what do you think Milrow's draft ceiling is now?
1: You know, I don't I, – I mean, it's obviously a second-day pick, I would think, is on the table. If, for me, it's hard to evaluate Milrow without really sitting down and going through – NFL-wise, I should say – I think first round's a possibility if he continues to improve in every facet that he's improved. I mean, the one thing about it is with the NFL, they like the guys that can run a little bit, but their shelf life is minimum. I mean, these guys that come in, RG3 and and, – Well, look at Anthony
0: Richardson this year. How many many games did Anthony Richardson play this year? Yeah, and
1: it's the same for the kid drafted by the 49ers, Um, Trey. So you get those guys that run. So they're not counting so much on his running ability. But I will say, Jalen kind of runs like the NFL runs—the scramble, the pull it and run. It's not really designated sweep right or power right or any of that stuff. So I think first round's on the table. But I really think it's still—you know—it's a work in progress. It's higher than it was to start of the year
0: when yeah, I went no
1: you know undrafted to a third or fourth round pick, possible second day pick. I think he's got first round potential, and potential is the key word there. But the way the guy works. um, his positive attitude's contagious. I can't get over the guy. I mean, has anybody ever been happier to do a post game interview <laughs> I mean, that guy's roll tides? I saw a whole little little thing on Twitter where he's just doing his roll tides. That got love some saying some roll tides. So uh, positive attitude, hard worker. And one thing that also helped, you know, it's gonna come down to how does he throw it? Because man, his interviews are gonna be off the chart. And there's yeah. no way Nick Saban's not gonna, you know, sing this guy's praises. So first can- round.
0: First round's a possibility down the road. Yeah, and tangibly, I think he'll be fine, too, Um, as you outlined. You know, earlier in the season, it was still could be Anthony Richardson-like potential, could be Kellen Mond-type potential. Um, So he's filled in some blanks, no doubt about it, especially in this last month and helped himself immensely, even if it's not this year, which I wouldn't think it is. Uh, but perhaps 2025. His stars on
1: the rise. I think that's yeah. the biggest.
0: He's on. He's at least on the NFL's radar now. Yeah, now, I don't. I don't even think he was on the radar. Five, I'll go more six after the again.
1: season when I talk to people in the NFL. But right now, they probably haven't really had a great look at him. You know, no. this isn't the guy that had film. Usually, well, the year before dictates the year after. That's when they get their first look. Then they start to monitor. So with Jalen not really having any film, not much film last year. I think this will be the year they'll be able to really break him down and get into him. But he's doing a lot of
0: things right. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of teams don't even look at guys. I mean, they know about guys, but they don't, as you said, start that process until a guy is draft eligible. Now, mm-hmm. Jalen is. So um, maybe that that is something that, that happens more in earnest uh, after this season. Tuscaloosa, has there been a more important shakeup in recent memory than the
1: <clears> –
0: <throat> what's that? Then the addition and emergence of Jaden Roberts on the Alabama offensive line. It's been, uh, it's been seismic that shakeup and what it's meant for that group, Tim.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, The attitude that, like you said, he loves to work. I mean, you need guys like that to be contagious. You know, we talked about that earlier in the year when Burton was kind of on the line with his energy, but a lot of people feed off that, you know, you don't want him to cross that line. But you know, then again, some guys just play that way. Dallas plays that way. Dallas is an intense, competitive guy who wants to get to the quarterback so bad that sometimes that extra half step, you know, is going to cost him 15 yards. I don't, I've, I've never thought he was a dirty player. I just think he's a very physical, competitive player that are scattered all over the national football. I tell you this National Football League don't look at Dallas's hits and go, We don't want this guy. Hey, we don't want hey. this guy. We don't Calm want this down, guy, guy. We don't want this guy on our team. Look how hard he hit the quarterback. That's not a discussion, unless it's after the play on the sideline and a close, you know, a, a forehead, you know, forearm to the forehead. So, um, but yeah, I think Ferguson brings that energy. I got a feeling in the offensive line huddle, if you didn't do your job, he might be a little vocal about it. You know,
0: <clears throat> so he should, he should be getting to a level where he's comfortable in that kind of role. You know, sometimes a guy that replaces a guy or two, maybe isn't going to give you that, but he does it through his play. I mean, when they watch tape, they have to see it. And we talk about Jalen and how he's become more proficient in the pocket. Well, it helps when you firm up the interior of the pocket and your quarterback feels like there is some space to step up into. And Nick Saban talked about it earlier in the season, that they weren't firm enough on the interior in solidifying that pocket and that nose. Well, with Jaden Roberts in there, it hadn't just been the run game where physicality has shown up. This guy is physical in pass protection as well and uh can anchor and and really really provide that room with uh that that Jalen Milrow needs to to kind of step up in there, no yeah. doubt about it. Uh Bapped man here in the round table. Mailbag wants to know, have you seen a more noticeable improvement in an Alabama team from week 3 to week 10 in recent Memory. I can't remember one. Certainly the past two teams did not. Totally impressed with players and coaching. What about that, Tim?
1: Um, I think the last couple of teams probably you knew more about them going in. So um there wasn't maybe as much room for improvement. I mean, you had Bryce who hit a lot of that. You had Will, you had you had so many good guys that could um that that were already proven on what they could do and what we knew they could do. This team again had a lot of uncertainty. You had a true freshman left tackle, you know, you had a you know first time starting quarterback. You had defensive guys that had to be replaced. You had a new offense coordinator, new defensive coordinator. You had a lot happening. So um no, I can't. I think there was more uncertainty. Was it was there's as much uncertainty about this team as I can remember in recent memory. And yeah. I I do think they've checked off a lot of those boxes, the questions we've had,
0: you know, I think you're right because you said it. There, It wasn't just one position where you had questions about this team. There were multiple positions on both sides of the ball where you had concerns for this team. So uh, at least in the Saban era, it, it would be that team that's made the most improvement from week three to week 10, in my opinion, because of the time that the team-wide needs that it had to deal with. Now, if we're talking from one season to the next, certainly 2007 to 2008, You know, what we saw from Alabama at the end of Saban's first season to what we saw from Alabama against Clemson in that 2008 season opener was a good bit different. I guess you could say even in the bowl win um, over Colorado to end the 2007 season, you were starting to see it, but it it was really evident um, against Clemson going from from one season to the next, I guess.
1: This team's been great, yeah. They did a lot of things, answered a lot of questions, a lot of mixed – just a lot going on with this team, you know. You replace two coordinators, you know, and they basically flip-flop them. You got a young coordinator. You got an older coordinator. You got an older, experienced offensive uh, coordinator, and you got a young guy coming in. So there's a lot of flip-flopping these, you know, kudos to this team to adjusting to it and Saban. And, you know, I can tell you, Saban, from his attitude, doesn't think any team's ever improved as much. He he. he, he I don't think it's anything to do with being solved. I think he enjoys this team. Yeah, I, I don't
0: you, Yeah, I don't care what level you coach. There's nothing more rewarding. I've coached kids and high school level stuff and whatever. But there is the biggest reward in 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 that profession I would think would be seeing this type of improvement throughout the course of a season, not just in terms of team but individuals that have emerged and stepped forward and moved ahead in terms of their play, like a Jaden Roberts, like Jalen Milrow, um, you go to the defensive side of the ball, Terrian Arnold, the big, big step he's taken on Tim that side. Keenan. Tim Keenan. Tim Keenan. You look at these coaches. James like, Burnett, the punter. I mean, you yeah. pick a spot on this team, and it's been the case, right? So, yeah, if you're a coach, if
1: you're Wolf, for instance, you're, you're excited to see Proctor's growth. You're excited to see Ferguson step in. If you're Freddie Roach, you're thrilled to see Tim Keenan. You know who really had no impact for the last couple of years, and you know again, DB coach T Rob's happy to see Terry and Arnold really step up. Now that guy's starting to get first round mentions. He's got a lot of things you like about him. He's
0: long. He's he's I think he's, he's gone, Tim. As long as he doesn't get hurt, I, I don't. I can't envision. I He's he Terry he to be gone because he's long. He's athletic. He's in two spots. His place interception against place. Kentucky
1: was fantastic. Yeah. The ball skills. The torque. Turn your body. Um, so when you see those guys, like you said, burn up, yeah, the special, you know, special teams coach is going to get excited. Tommy Reese about Jalen, you know, th- those guys get excited, too, just like, you know, we were in seeing it.
0: No doubt. Maybe NIL, maybe NIL helps Alabama. Well, it does, especially
1: coaches, because if you get, if you're in that three, four, fifth round range, you know, maybe having that NIL money and that insurance for injury helps you want to come back and try to increase your stock because you're not risking as much.
0: I think Arnold's second round already at this point.
1: I would be I'm gonna I am i have not did anything until this, this college season's over when I'll start like, digging, but his stock's gonna be high as long as he's size, athletic. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a basketball guy, he has great balls. You know, another thing is that speech about Nick Saban is made him some money.
0: Yeah, and intangibles he's yeah, through the roof. Like, no, you're gonna hear I don't yeah.
1: care how he said it, I care what he said. Right. That's a wrong man's thinking. Yeah. I know grown men that would have a fit. <laughs> Maybe he's going to straight to HR with that with that yelling on the sideline. HR, uh, In report.
0: Major Wood four eight two here. One of our favorites, Major Wood. Um, way too early transfer portal talk. Who are we going after? Who we need? Rumblings on any A and M guys. Major Wood's ready to get out there and. Figure it out. I guess you got to kind of figure out, too, right, Tim? Your own roster?
1: Yeah. That's the first thing. Like, do you lose your, you know, it's a hypothetical. You're not going to lose. But if you lose your left tackle, your right tackle, if you're losing your quarterback, your tight end, your, you know, defensive lineman, that's kind of what you're replacing is what you're losing. So, a lot of this will come down to this NFL feedback and decisions on guys going pro. Um, before they uh, they really start to figure that out, because they got to lock their own guys up. You know that's the first thing. I mean, we've seen starters um, starters leave. You know, we've seen starters leave programs all over the place right now. So you lock up your guys. And um, you know, when it comes to the Aggies, you know that was my question. Everybody kept asking about the recruits, and I'm like, really, the question is the players, not so much the recruits. I mean, that's kind of low hanging fruit, right? But players. Who wants to be there? We've already seen, you know, a good portion of their fantastic class leave. How many more could possibly leave? But, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag with the Aggies because they had the NIL to get them. So they probably have the NIL to keep them. But also, do they want to go through a new coaching staff? Do they
0: want to go somewhere their last year and compete? Because Texas a and had football
1: players. They and have and a lot of those period.
0: guys, a lot of those guys are going to be going into their third year where they're thinking they're three and outs. Yeah. So is, is it worth it to move when you already got the NIL money where you're at and you're thinking you're jumping to the NFL in a year anyway? I yeah. Guess. So you can, yeah, you
1: can kind of work that in and you, yeah, you got, you can kind of say, or, you know, and also what comes into play is your last year of college for some of these guys is going to be can I win a national championship? Can I experience the college football playoffs. And, I mean, you've seen that with guys that love their school. You see a lot of them in Alabama right now on the basketball team and even on the football team where, you know, can I compete? Can I get on that national stage? And it's not just about NFL. NFL is going to find you if you're in Alaska, in an igloo, throwing to your sister. They're going to find you if you're good enough. But it is about experience in that. that you can't tell me that the experience at Alabama, Georgia, Florida – or whatever, when the programs are good, LSU-Auburn isn't just like the next level of what you are with any kind of competitor. You want to be involved in that. There's excitement. You see the excitement with the college football playoffs, the coaches, everybody's having a good time. So I think that factors in too. So a lot of to be determined in my opinion.
0: Yes, some TBDs for sure. Tide Mm -hmm. still as we wrap up the roundtable mailbag on the latest edition of T-Watt's and TR, he's got a couple of these that we just went over with on the transfer portal talk. So uh, we'll go with this one from Tide Steel. Should we expect a Saban Tenhorn ten Horn speech this week? Well, it is FCS week, and it was Georgia Southern at the time, an FCS team that ran for over 300 yards against the Crimson Tide back in 2011. I think, uh, I think fans have gotten to the point, even the media, too, where they uh, they'd relish that because it really hasn't been Saban's MO with this team. Anyway, it's been a team that's probably needed more attaboys than kick kicks to the butt. Um, But with where they're at now, maybe, maybe we get a Saban 10 horn this week. I, I, I doubt it, but maybe. Yeah. I think it just depends how they practice the focus. I mean, I think this team,
1: you didn't, you know, again, the whole rats, the rat trap, you know, uh, um, thing this week to kind of keep their attention on the fact that it could be a trap game. Um, I think that's kind of how he chose. You're right. This isn't really a team, you know, like Jonathan Allen was that guy. You look at some of these guys, you could scream and yell. They they only heard the method. You know, you got to treat everybody a little bit different. Every team is going to have a personality. I think last year's team was a little bit yell at us less, talk to us more. And I think that's team. This team is similar. Um, but I don't expect a lot of bruhaha for for Chattanooga. I mean, for me, my speech is: you starters, do your job because there's a lot of guys that want to play this week. Do your it job. Is. You know what I mean? Do your friggin' job. Go out here, handle your business, and then stand on the sideline and cheer on these young guys and these seniors who haven't had would be as, their last chance to ever play. That would be my message. Do your job for your for everybody else, not just for yourself. And I think this
0: team. Probably going to do that. Yeah, I and mean, you said it, senior day as well. A big part of this, and for some I mean, of the juniors, it's senior day. You know, this is their last. This is
1: it. This is their la- a lot of people. It's a lot of players' last game in Tuscaloosa. Brian Denny's a big
0: reason they came.
1: You know what I mean? There's going to be some sentiments,
0: sentimental uh moments this weekend. Speaking of sentimentality, as we get out of here, Tim, you, uh, are you are you knee deep into the uh holiday season movies at this point, or the shows, or You know, where are you at on all that? starting.
1: My daughter started Christmas movies on Sunday. So we did watch, um, it's kind of a Christmas movie. It's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's listed one. It's got Robert Downey Jr. If you haven't seen it, it's a pretty good movie. It's got Robert Downey Jr. Val Kilmer's playing a gay guy, hilarious gay guy. It's got a lot of of dude moments in it. Hot Girl from Mission Impossible. So we started that. But um, I think it really begins next week in earnest. You know, when Thanksgiving week gets here, the kids are out three or four days, counting the weekend, five days. And uh, that's when we kind of will start digging in. We go deep. We go, you know, we go, uh, we go deep with the holidays. You know, we got some we got to watch and then some we're trying to find an ad. And um, this week will be uh, planes, trains, and automobiles, right?
0: I mean, that's the kind of go-to Thanksgiving flick, right? I mean, that's Yeah. Oh, one. yeah. I
1: don't think, you know, there's just not many. I'll tell you a low-key one no one talks about is uh sin of a woman without Pacino. Yeah. That's got, that's a very holiday movie. And I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, Pacino's an acquired taste in that
0: movie, but it's got a lot of great,
1: it's got a lot of great moments, good acting, young actors. And,
0: you know, Pacino. it's like, it's like though uh, Pacino got into character uh, method acting mode and he never got out of that role. Because yeah. whenever it seems like I see Al Pacino now, when he talks or anything else, he's still in that role, you know. Yeah, he, yelling, uh, and screaming.
1: I saw he was like in the middle of a, divorce, a custody battle, divorce with a very young girl. So good for Al. He's
0: uh he stayed in the game. Wasn't well, he married at one point to? Uh, gosh, her name. She yeah, was the, the mom, Beverly really? D'Angelo. Yeah, they were. Yeah. I know
1: they had. Twins, right? I don't know if they married or not, but they had uh
0: they had kids together. Is there anything out right now at the theaters that'll draw you out of Casa de Watts to go to the theater? Uh, there's a Paul Giamatti flick out. What's the name of that movie that's getting some good reviews? I'm a Paul Giamatti fan. I'm, it might drag me out to go see it.
1: It won't right now. We're going to New Orleans. <laughs>
0: Sure. The holdovers. That's out. That's what I, I want to. No, if I go it? out of
1: the house right now, we're going to New Orleans this weekend. To see a Pelicans game nice. and do a pre uh-huh. Thanksgiving.
0: Maybe get a uh, turducken down there. Yeah, yeah we'll
1: go watch Pelicans and eat Cajun, and
0: then we'll go into full on Thanksgiving mode holidays. But I don't. I
1: don't. I haven't been to a movie in a while.
0: I've gotten into YouTube mode, man. Not just because of fama Online's YouTube page, which is enough, you know, in and of itself. But I've gotten into these like YouTube reviews of New Haven pizza because I've you've probably been to Sally's and Pepe's and those places, and you know, Philly cheesesteaks, yeah. And I've gone down this YouTube rabbit hole on these different things, man. I've watched more YouTube than even YouTube TV of late. Yeah,
1: the internet has made me full of worthless information that (laughs) randomly impresses people. But Google started it. When I found Google, oh, it hit the fan. And then when I found Wikipedia, we went deeper. And then YouTube came along and it's like, shoot, I got a chemistry degree. What do you need to know? Give me five minutes. But I've been in that rabbit hole and there's some weird ones. Like there's, I've been in a rabbit hole and realized after like, shoot, I hope nobody sees my search engine. You know, like.
0: (laughs) There's like a chef over in England named Marco Pierre White, I think it is. I didn't even know the guy was. I stumbled across one of his videos Next thing I know, I'm like three hours in watching him make Bolognese and things, you know, kill tell- you kill a lot of time. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a uh, a lot of talented guys on YouTube,
1: a lot of talented people on YouTube. I mean, yeah. they do a good job. I like the, uh, there's a uh, couple black dudes that like watch a comedian for the first time and you get to see their reaction. Yeah. And yeah, they're good. They saw Bill Burr. They were like, Bill, you know, Bill Burr's my favorite. It's how I found this. And they're watching Bill Burr and just losing it. You know, that's that's uh, that's fun to me. A lot of the sports breakdowns are fantastic. You know, thanks to the guys that will just sling a whole Saints game together, play by play.
0: <laughs> yeah, Ricky Gervais and Bill Burr oh are, are really the maybe two comedians still out there. Dave Chappelle, too. They're not afraid. afraid. They're not afraid to go not, up to that line. This, this
1: yeah. one, no, no, Bill and Dave were the ones that, like, cross any line and you you can't really offend them that guy nate who i've liked that just took off i know there's a whole drama about him picking the bama game but my dude just was like on everything all of a sudden like he was on saturday night live espn now he's a funny guy in a very normal middle-aged man kind of way so i like him so his humor i don't know if young people would get that humor it's kind of like seinfeld now when Seinfeld talks, he's talking like me and you. He's just saying the same stuff we you are. You ever in the notice?
0: Kitchen. Yeah,
1: and yeah. He's just saying the same thing we are in the kitchen. It is. Let's, when I get irritated? My wife would die when <laughs> Seinfeld said it. But When I said the same thing about her, like not doing dishes or whatever she's supposed to do, she's mad at me. Yeah. yeah. So The whole show. I'm like, yeah, he's funny. When I said it, I was get you know catching the smoke.
0: Yep. It's funny how that works, isn't it? <laughs> hey Tim, enjoyed it, man.
1: Love it. Yeah. We'll see you guys on the round table. And thanks for all your questions. And we're going to finish this season out. we got a couple more games.
0: A lot of hoops coming up too. Oh yeah, A lot of recruiting coming up. We're going to have all that covered at BamaOnline.com. Our round table, the message board of choice for Alabama fans around the globe. You need to post up with us there. And if you haven't already, hit that little subscribe button right down there for the YouTube channel. And subscribe to at BOL on YouTube. Turn on those notifications. You'll get all this video content as it drops. For Tim Watts, Travis Schreier, thanks again for joining us. Until next time, so long, everybody.